Hi, this is Daphne, and welcome to the Creativity Habit Podcast, conversations about art, creativity, and courage with artists, creatives, and makers. My guest today is a positivity-charged designer with the superpower of turning a person's essence into a visual brand that truly represents their soul. She has spent the last 20 years designing for brands big and small, including Coca-Cola, Cadbury, Kleenex, Nescafe, Nike, and Lego. She runs her own business, transforming clients' Instagram feeds and helping them look fabulous online. She is a single mom with two kids, three cats, and one chocolate obsession. She is Cat Walters, and you can find her over at catwalters.com. In this interview, we talk about how to quiet the inner critic, what to do when the creative juices stop flowing, the importance of vision, and how to stay focused in a world full of distractions. May you enjoy this conversation and may it inspire you to make your thing and change your world. Welcome, Kat. It is wonderful to have you here today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation together. Hello. I'm really excited to be here as well. I can't wait to answer some questions. All right. So we'll dive in then. I like to start with what I call your creativity story, which is really taking us back to your childhood and talking about how creativity showed up for you as a child. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you don't realize that things are happening when you're a child that are sort of laying the foundations for you to be creative later on. But I guess I was born into a house where my mum was always making stuff. Like, So we were always painting or drawing or doing needlework or we were always hands-on doing something. Or There was always a project on the table that we were all working on. And I just thought that was normal. So that, yeah, that's how I was brought up in at home. So then do you feel, did you see yourself as creative or did you not even think about creativity? Definitely not. Just not. Okay. No, I always thought my brother was the creative one because they, they always used to say that he was the one that was good at drawing. So I didn't even think of myself as creative at all. Like at school, I wasn't even going to take art A level, I was, which is the one we do when we're, you know, 17 and 18 in England. I wasn't even going to do art as a subject. I was doing physics and other things. But um, it was only when my art teacher, I started to really enjoy get into it then. And my art teacher spotted something in me and just sort of said to me, I think you should do art A level and go, think about going to art college. And I was like, what? Like, I seriously had no idea. <laughs> you know, I had any talents in that area at all. But then I was really, really shy and unconfident when I was a kid. So um so yeah, he spotted that. So if it hadn't been for him, he was the one that spotted it in me and sort of led me on that path. And then I got really, really into it and everything else just faded away into the background. And I decided to go to art college. And then, you know, you just think what would have happened if that person had that teacher hadn't have said that to me could have had a completely different story. Absolutely. So it's interesting because it's as if this part of you was lying dormant until he said that, until he acknowledged it. And then all of a sudden it woke up. Was that how it felt to you? Yeah, it was a bit like that. Well, I mean, I've, I just feel that there was a power bigger than me that was kind of leading me in that direction. You know, I've been in design and creativity for all my life for 20 years, you know, 20 years working. But it, there's been certain times when other things have happened. So when I was at art college, and I wanted to do fashion design, that's what I wanted to do. And they were like, no, 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 you're not doing that. They saw something in me. It was again, they were like, no, you're doing graphic design. 
it's like, I'm not doing graphic design. They put me in that direction, which worked out perfectly for me because I'm really, really suited to it. And again, when I was at university, at the end of university, I was still really unconfident and not sure about my abilities at all. And uh, my teacher chose me out of everybody in my year to be selected to go down to London and to do this placement in a really top design agency down in London. Well, I was like, why has he asked me to do it? You know, I didn't have any clue why. I was like, oh. So I thought I was meant to be going traveling, not going to London. But I just thought, well, I've got this opportunity, so I have to do it. So I went down to London with nothing but a rucksack. And my friend and I, we didn't have anywhere to stay. So we lived on a floor of this office just off Oxford Circus in the centre of London because a friend of ours worked in the office. And he used to let us in when everyone had gone home at night. <laughs> such a funny story and then we just slept on there for three weeks while I did my placement and then I ended up getting taken on at one of the best design agencies in London after that so again it was I feel like it wasn't really me doing all this you know it was me but there was some it was a certain element of luck not luck or the universe or whatever was guiding me in that way right and it was as if something had to keep coming from outside of yourself to see what you weren't able to see yeah because once I was on my path and these things stopped happening, because I then started to believe in myself and then I was able to do it for myself. Yeah, follow that path. But I think that was the path I was meant to be on because it's just so in me. Yeah. So how did you start like that transition from all these people telling you, no, 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 you're not going to do this. You're going to do this or you're going to go into graphic design or you should do this placement yeah. to, oh, I'm good at this. And, and you don't need those signs anymore because now you've internalized that. When, when did that transition start to take place? I've been working in London for about four years. And I, most people, usually they go freelance when they're about 10 years experience. And I only had four. And I was like, I just thought, you know, I can do this. I don't see why I can't go freelance and earn more and just be confident and do it. So I just decided to take my life into my own hands then. And I went freelance and then I just worked for years in all the best agencies. I used to always get called in to do all the creative, you know, the concept stage of lots of projects. So it was great. So I was going all around London doing concept phases for all these different big brands. So it was really fun. That's when I started to be more confident. And it's interesting because one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people who want to put their art out into the world or whatever it is that they're making out into the world they struggle with promoting that. And as a freelancer, yeah. you need to promote yourself. That's a big piece of making money. Was it just the confidence that you had gained over those four years that allowed you to promote yourself? Was there, a, did you struggle with that piece of it at all? But I think in some ways being freelance, it's kind of easier because, you know, if somebody asks you or books you to do an illustration or to design something, whatever kind of freelancer you are, if somebody gets you to do a job and then that you do a good job and then they invite you back to do another one, well, that's all your proof you need, isn't it? And that means you are doing a good job. So it just fulfills in that way. You know, when you've got a full-time job, cannot always be recognized for how good you are or how creative you are. But when you're freelance, they're paying you more money to come in and do the jobs. Does that make sense? Yes, so. it does make sense. Okay, so let's switch tracks a little bit and go more into creativity and the creative process and how that shows up for you so first yeah. of all what does being creative mean to you what does creativity mean to you because we tend to 
put creativity and art into this like really special world that only a few people belong to. I'm curious yeah. how it shows up for you and what it means. Yeah, well, well, something I feel quite strongly about actually, where I think anybody can learn to be creative. But I think a lot of people put themselves into a box and they think, oh, I'm not the creative person. You know, it's just a, a process and a system that can help you to come up with ideas. I mean, I've been doing it all my life, so it's easy for me now. But when you actually think about the, the things that you do every time, you can't fail to come up with good ideas if you follow these sequences and these things that you do. So I think anyone can learn to be creative. And when you say learning this process, and we're going to get into that in just a minute, when you say to get ideas and things, is that for you the way creativity starts to show up is you get the ideas and then you just need to implement? Because a lot of people might say, well, I have ideas. I, I see a painting and I think, oh, wow, I have an idea of a painting, but then I go to paint it and I'm terrible or, uh, or I feel like I'm terrible. So is, yeah. is that what you're seeing as learning to be creative is being able to access the ideas or is there more to it? Yeah, there's two sides to it, isn't there? I mean, I've always been quite handy at making things. So, I mean, as well as doing all my design in London and everything, I was always making things at home and making art pieces as well. It's just, but then you need to educate. If there's something you want to do, like there's a kind of painting technique you want to, le to learn how to do, you just need to go on YouTube and find out how to do it and just practice. Great. Let's get into the practice, actually, because this is a piece that doesn't always get talked about in terms of creativity. And you talk about the process being as important as the result. So talk to me both about your process and this idea of practice as an artist. Well, my process is I do a lot of upfront. So I'll come up with ideas and I'll always use I hardly ever go straight to the computer if I'm designing something or definitely if I'm making something, obviously the computer's not involved, but I always like to think, brainstorm ideas on paper because I think creativity flows better when we're using paper and we're more open in that state. And then I like to look around and find inspiration from other things. I mean, we're so lucky these days. We've got so many things that we can Google and just look at. You might see a color or you might see a shape or a texture or just something that will inspire you and that you can add into what you're doing. So I like to have a clear plan of what I'm doing in the beginning, but most things pretty much always turn out differently in the end because as you're creating, things change and morph and the process creates the, the end result. To break this down a little bit more, if when you say you start with the paper and you're going to design yeah. something, are you talking about whatever you're creating or if you're designing say a brand for a company or what type of thing would you be settling down to design that you would put onto the paper if I'm doing any graphic design work say I'm creating a website for someone or I'm creating a brand for somebody I would sit down and I would work it all out on paper and I would draw first to get ideas out that way because that's one of the processes that you can use to come up with ideas isn't it to brainstorm on paper but if I was say creating an art piece I would be planning it out on paper as well, first of all. So I just made one using all my, my old stamps from my when I was a child, my collection. And I planned all that out, what I was going to do before I started on paper. So you get a picture, an image in your mind of what it is that you want to create. And then you go out to outside sources for inspiration for things that you yeah. bring into it. Yeah. And... Has that changed over time, that process of how you create? Because I've now I have more confidence in what I'm going to produce in the end. The first part is shorter now than it used to be. 
tell me a little bit more also about like as you're doing it, another thing that can happen in the process of creating is our mind comes into the picture. So we're creating and then our mind starts saying things like, oh, well, that's not really good. Or, oh God, you're making a mess. Or, oh, I wanted it to look like this, but now it's definitely how, how do you deal with that voice or voices? We all have that voice, even after 20 years of being a designer. You know, there's always a certain point, isn't there? Like at the beginning, it's fine because you're just coming up with ideas and there's no pressure, is there? But then you choose one of those to work on and you take it further and you start to refine it. And then you start to think, oh, God, you know, is this right? Are they going to like this? But it's just because I've been doing it for so long, I've learned to ignore that voice. I mean, I still have that voice every time I make something, but I ignore it. And I just carry on. And then I know that every time it always works out fine. If you've been through that process enough times and you've seen that you've come out the other side, then you've just got to ignore that voice. You can't expect it to go away fully, but you can ignore it. Is there a point during the process when you go from, ooh, this is fun and this is exciting and it's ideas to more tedious and maybe even bored? Okay, so then how do you move through that? Well, because I do tend to, when I'm making art pieces and things, I tend to, I do tend to pick things that are quite time consuming and take a long time. Like, for example, this stamp picture that I was just saying about, because I decided I wanted to flush mount all the, the stamps foam board. And so I had to chamfer all the edges of the foam board and make cut them out to be exactly the right size, which seemed like a great idea at first. And it took ages. But I mean, it does look amazing now. So, I mean, I'm quite prepared to, for a bit of drudgery at some point in the process to come out with something really, really amazing. But, you you know, I just ignore it again and just carry on because I want to get to the end result. Do you ever have a point where you think in that place of boredom or whatever, oh, maybe I chose the wrong idea. Maybe I chose the wrong path and I should have gone with this idea. Does that No. No. No, I don't actually. I'm always like quite committed to what I'm doing. So I just, it's a bit boring at this point, but just put some music on and, sort of carry on really. Did you have that in the beginning? Is that something that's built up over time that you've really learned to trust the direction of your work? Definitely, definitely. The, the more and more that I've been creating, the more that I trust in myself and I trust in what I'm making. So I think that voice and all the doubts have got a lot less now. So if you yeah. were talking with somebody who is just beginning or has been making whatever it is that they're making for a period of time, but not long enough where they trust that, what would you encourage them to do when they hit those moments of either, oh, this sucks and I just can't go on, or, oh, it's not fun anymore. It was fun in the beginning and now it's just boring. First of all, I'd say listen to what people are saying. It's like I've got a friend whose daughter, she's 16, and she's amazing at drawing. Like She always sends me her pictures that she's absolutely brilliant. And she just does not believe it. She's just like I was when I was 16, although she's way better at drawing than I was. And I just would keep saying to her, if people are telling you, they're not going to give you a false compliment. So you need to take, grab those compliments and just really take them on board and leave it. If someone tells you something is good that you've done, you've got to believe it and hang on to that. Yes. And so what's the other thing you asked me? If they feel like, oh, this isn't any good, and the other one was, I'm just bored. And oh, I yeah, yeah, I get bored. You can do something simple and quick, and it can be amazing. But I think most things tend to take a bit longer to, to do something impressive. So that's just something 
that you have to go through and get out the other side. But I think if you're the sort of person that's creative and likes creating things, then you'll probably be able to put up with a certain amount of that because it kind of comes with the territory, really. Yeah, and I think very important about what you said was hold on to the things that people tell you when they say this that's is right. good. Because it's just as easy for the mind to hold on to that. Well, it's not just as easy, it's a, it's a practice. But to hold on to that as, and to believe that as to believe all the other stuff that says, ah, it's not good, it's not good. So really pay attention and definitely and to those comments. You know, don't wait 46 years or however long to believe things like that that people say about you. Like believe it when you're young and just take that and run with it. Yes, and it's interesting. I've just started doing some line drawing and... My husband is very happy to see me doing it because he said, I've been telling you from the beginning that I think you're a good artist. And I never listened to him. I never believed yeah. him. And if I had, it's not that I'm saying this with regret, but just thinking that if I had listened to him in the beginning, maybe I would have started to pursue that early on, but I just didn't believe him. I thought he doesn't, yeah. he's my husband. He doesn't know what he's talking yeah. what about. What does he know? He's just saying that to be nice. <laughs> yeah, but they're not because they wouldn't keep saying it if they were just saying it to be nice. Right. They, exactly. You know, they might say it once, but they wouldn't keep on saying it. Well, it's like if you're young and someone tells you you're beautiful and you're like, you don't believe, you go think, oh, no, I'm not, you know, you don't believe it. It's only when you're older and you look back at a photo and you go, God, I was really beautiful then. That's you know, nice. so why not believe it then? Why not enjoy it and believe it that you are creative and you can do it and you are beautiful then? Yes, exactly. Talking about process and practice, how important yeah. is discipline and how important are habits to you in your creative process? Don't necessarily know about habits, but discipline, I'm quite a disciplined person naturally anyway. You know, I'm not going to get sidetracked by doing other things. If I'm doing a project, I just fully sit down and just get on with it. It's not a problem to me. So it's another one of those things that you have to train yourself to do. You know, if you want to get the result, it's having a vision, isn't it? If you have a vision of something you want to create, then you've got to just keep that in your mind so that, that you can just sit down and get on with it and work towards what you're trying to create. Do you have something like as you're working towards this vision, especially early on since you've been doing it for a while and you're obviously confident, very confident with your art now, did you have early on when you have a vision of something and you get to those places where you started to falter or you started to doubt people or things that you would turn to for support, for inspiration to maintain, to keep going through the, through the hard part? Yeah, I think having a good network of friends and people who support what you're doing and understand what you're doing, that really helps. And obviously now you've got, you can just put it on Instagram, can't you? And then everyone can tell you that it looks great. So it's a lot easier <laughs> to get that validation these days, isn't it? It's true. It is a lot easier in that sense. It's a lot easier to get your work out into the world too in that way. Yeah. Now moving into the piece of, I mean, we're, we're talking about when you get stuck and what about creative blocks? Yeah, where you just, I, I those don't, ideas aren't coming to you. You couldn't. It not necessarily that you've just sat down and you've got a creative block, which is one thing. But there's also the thing where you're cre doing a creative project and you're sitting down working on it, and then it comes to kind of like an expiry time for that session. That's what I find. I find I start to get a bit weary, and I'm not. You know, it's just not flow. I'm not in the flow as much anymore. So I stop. I prefer to do things in little batches. Like I'd rather do a project, you know, an hour or two one day and then come back to it because I think doing that, you get a, you come back with fresh eyes and then you're able to put fresh energy into it. 
Because if you try and sit for long, long periods of time doing something, that's when you get tired. So I think, you know, coming back regularly in smaller bursts is a really great idea. So it sounds like it's this combination for you of, okay, this work can be boring, but you push through it anyway. And really listening to your body, to how you're feeling and recognizing the flow has stopped. And so I need to stop. Yeah, it's all about getting in that flow state, isn't it? Because when I'm in that, that flow state, when I sit in my nice calm room with all my nice things around me and I'm, I mean, I used to listen to music a lot when I was designing when years ago, because um, that kind of helps to keep your mind occupied so that your subconscious mind can create and let the flow happen. But these days I'm too busy sort of running a business as well as creating. So I I don't have music on anymore, but I think music can really help you get into that flow state when you're designing or creating. But um, And then even if it's sorry, you might be in the flow and still be a little bit bored, but then you hit that place where you're not just bored. You, you can really feel that something has stopped. Yeah. It's just not happening anymore. And then when it's just not happening anymore, just stop and just go and do something else for a bit or come back to it the next day or work on something else that you've got to do. I never try to push through that when I'm in when I'm not in the flow I just move on to something else and then come back and you mentioned also Kat you mentioned music as a way which as you just said you don't use so much anymore but that you used to use as a way to allow the subconscious mind to really get into that creative state are there other things besides music that you used especially early on to encourage the creative state I think music's always been the main one for me, but then I'm really into music. That's always been a good one for me. But I mean, meditating is always really good in the morning because you get your mind into the right sort of state, ready for creativity. And how long do you meditate? Well, just 10 minutes. And that's enough for you? 20 minutes sometimes. But yeah, um, yeah, that's enough. Just a little 10 minutes in the morning. I mean, I don't have much time because I've got two, two kids. So yeah, just a, meditation is amazing for just getting you into that state and into that just getting your mind firing on all cylinders you and you just mentioned not having a lot of time because you're running a business and you're doing your work your creative work and you have two kids you're an entrepreneur one of the big most common things that I hear from people who want to make something whatever that is is I don't have the time I can't fit it in yeah so how do you make the time for that? How have well, you? Well, it's a life? choice, isn't it? It's like we've all got so many hours in the day. I remember when I was living in Australia, when I was making a lot of things at the time, a lot of creative things. I was, I made, um, yeah, I was just constantly making art pieces as well as designing. And what I did was, I mean, I was a busy mum of two, you know, working, but I just would, I just wouldn't watch telly. I would just, as soon as they were in bed, I'd just go into my art room and start doing my creative projects. I don't watch hardly any telly because I value my time and I want to, I prefer to create stuff. Yes. So it is, it's that choice. It's one time I remember seeing a post from Elizabeth Gilbert on Facebook where she was talking about this issue of all these people complaining to her uh, on Facebook about not having enough time. And she said, if you're complaining to me on Facebook, get off of Facebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so true. Well, it's, I remember someone saying to me, how do you, how do you not watch telly? I'm like, well, you know, you've watched telly, you've sat there for six weeks watching telly. 
every night and what have you got at the end of it? Whereas I, it might be a bit hard in the beginning to make yourself go in there and start. But once you start creating, then you're going to get so much more out of it. And at the end of the six weeks, you're going to have an amazing art piece or a quilt or whatever it is that you've made and that you can keep forever or give to someone. Like I love to give art pieces as gifts to people because I think it's a really great way to show love and to demonstrate love. And that's an excellent point is we tend to think right in the moment, oh, I'm really tired. I'm just going to watch something to relax or it's entertaining and my day has been really stressful or whatever. And, and we don't ask ourselves that question about, but at the end of six weeks, what will yeah. I have to show for that? That's just a great, a great way to, before you say, start watching television, if that's the, that's the place that you go for distraction, before you start to do that, to say, okay, where do I want to be? six weeks from now? Do I want to have watched six weeks of television or do I want to have created something? That's right. I mean, it, it, again, it's about having the vision, isn't it? If you've got a vision in your mind of six weeks from now, I want to be in this place. I want to have made this amazing thing. Then if you've got that bit, and this is something you can think about before you meditate in the morning, you can, or every morning you can just get up and think about, right, what's that thing I want to do in six weeks time? then what are you going to do? You know, you're not going to go and just put the telly on, are you? You're going to go and do it because you want to get to that thing, that vision that you've got in the future that you want to get to. I mean, it's not to say you don't ever watch telly because after nine o'clock, my brain's mush and I just go and watch an hour of telly before I go to bed. But I don't sit there from six o'clock till nine o'clock watching telly. Right. I like this idea of holding this vision, of going into it yeah. with a vision, even if it's not that clear, that yeah. can be enough I don't think vision. it needs to be specific because again, it's going to change along the way, isn't it? You're going to change, you know, things always change as you create them. Yes. They hardly ever set out to be, that's the whole point of the process, that it's going to develop and change and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Even when you're designing a logo for something, someone or anything, you're not, you don't know what's going to come out. You're going to sit there with an idea and then whatever flows out is going to flow out. So it's just knowing, yeah, I want to be able to create something, you know, at the end of this six weeks. I want to have achieved something and I want to get, I want to be able to sit there and say to myself, I've done that, I've created it. And that's another really important piece is it doesn't have to be figured out in the beginning that even if you do figure out, it's going to change. So to just trust in taking those first few steps and seeing what the next ones are after that as you keep creating. Definitely. And some really good advice I was given ages ago by an illustration teacher in London. Um, he's a friend of mine. And he taught and because he was really big into sketchbooks and having a sketchbook. And he always told me the whole point of a sketchbook is no one's going to see it. And it doesn't matter what it it's just for trying out ideas. So, you know, if you are worried about what it is going to end up like and you're not feeling confident it's a great way to start is just say you could do one thing a night in your sketchbook just anything that comes to mind and then it's going to see it and at the end of that time you might think oh yeah you know that was a good idea or that was and then you can take that on to develop further later yes and I'll add to that that I actually got when I started drawing I got a sketchbook that was four inches by six inches but it's small, and I felt like I wanted yeah. something small because that felt less intimidating It's less to me. pressure, isn't it? Because yes. the blank page is the worst, you know, when it's just a blank page and you feel this pressure to put something on there. So going it's back to another big thing that I hear, which is about focus, we have the internet, we have social media, we have a million things that will distract us when we sit down to do 
our work, especially if there's any kind of resistance to doing the work, then it's even more inviting to go do something on the internet or watch TV or whatever. So how do you manage to stay focused doing your creative work? Well, I'd say there's three things really. Firstly, put everything on airplane mode when you're working so that you don't get distracted because those little distractions really do interrupt, it's going to interrupt how much work you get done, but it's also going to interrupt your flow state. You know, you can answer that text from whoever later. It doesn't need to be answered straight away. So I always turn it on to airplane mode. And then I try to think of it in chunks of time to get me going because I think, right, I'm going to do 50 minutes block. So, so I can just sit down and know it's not going on forever. It's just going to be 50 minutes. I mean, if I'm really into it at the end of 50 minutes, I can do longer, but it's just because I've set that time, it's less intimidating because it's not like the whole morning or the whole day. It's just I'm going to just do 50 minutes on this, first of all, and then see what happens. That can help. Okay, so you mentioned putting your phone on airplane mode and doing the 50-minute blocks, and you said there was... I, I said there was Those two are great. So if that's what we're talking about. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute. Okay. <laughs> No, those those are two really key things, actually. If you just do those two, they really, if you just put your phone on airplane mode, that in itself is probably transformational. But then doing the 50-minute blocks, I do the same thing. Doing the 50-minute blocks can totally transform your ability to focus and stay on track with what you're yeah. doing. When you're making something, at what point do you just know that it's done because a lot of people will struggle with this perfectionist way of yeah creating so how do you know when it's quote-unquote good That's enough a good question I'm just trying to think how do I know when to stop doing something it's just I just know it's a feeling a good answer is it yeah it's just a fit yeah it's well, it is a good answer. it's something I learned in design like working in the top design agencies in London is that and this has been such a good point to help creativity and help to get the best result with what you're doing is to you always got to listen to those feelings. Like say you're doing something and you get this feeling, oh, I could have put a bit more black in that area or something. Listen to it and put, a, you know, don't just ignore it. Can What can you do to make it better and better? Like there's there's always something you can do to improve what you're making. What could be another thing you could do? Oh, I could layer a few more stitches over that. Like Just listen to it. And if you start to listen to that inner guidance, you know, there will become a point where you'll know that it's finished and then just listen. Don't, you know, think, well, I've got to do more. Just listen to that and stop. And again, that's probably the time to go away and have a break and then come back to it and think, well, is it finished? Don't rush into doing more if you're not sure, because you can mess things up by doing too much on it. Yes. And it shows how creativity... Uh, we often will ask, I've, I've asked this question many times, you know, how do I develop my, my intu intuition and really trust that voice? Yeah. And it shows that creativity is a really amazing pathway for that because just as you're saying, you start to listen back in because we really get trained out of listening often in, in, yeah. in school and different things. We get trained out of listening to that intuitive voice. And when you start creating a big piece of the process is learning to listen back in. And as you're saying, it's just saying, oh, wait, I, sh I should have put more black there. Okay, I'm going to listen to that. Definitely. Well, the whole, I think the whole, when I'm creating anything, that's what I'm doing. It's just an internal dialogue going on with, 
your inner voice is telling you to do this next part or what needs doing and then you do it it's it's funny I've never thought about it like that but that is what's going on so it is a really intuitive process and that's when you know you're in the flow isn't it and that's when time stops and you're just in the moment and you you're just lost in what you're doing yes and it's an intuitive process that doesn't have to be mastered in the beginning it's something that can just slowly build itself up the more you listen to that and go oh you put a little lack there and you see what happens okay now I trust it a little more the next time around so that that is just this very gentle way of building up the your creative voice yeah yeah now when you finish something like you you've started you started selling your art I'm not talking about freelancing necessarily but really selling your own art yeah. in 2002 first of all what inspired you to do that well I didn't mean to sell it it's just that <laughs> I was always making things and I was just always making things and I'd you know frame them or put them up at home or whatever and then people would just come around and go oh can you know want to buy it so it just sort of started like that really just people asking me to do them a piece for their lounge or you know whatever so yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I started accidentally selling it and then, you know, like a creative director friend of mine in Sydney, she saw that the thing that I made with the dots on it that I was telling you, she was like, oh, you should sell those. People were always encouraging me to, to start doing that. So, so, so that's that when I... theme again for you of people coming from the outside and saying, yeah. hey, this is really good. And you get enough of those to push you into that in that direction and then you can yeah. do it on your own because now you yeah, have true. Yeah, true. Because I never would have thought I'm going to, right, I'm going to sell my art. No, it wasn't like that. I just, again, it, maybe it was confidence again. So then once I had enough validation, I was able to then do it. A piece of that then may be that if you're not feeling confident, if you want to put your art out there, but you're not feeling confident to sell it, to just put it out there and see how people respond to it. Definitely. You know, you'll know if you've got something that people really like, you know, you'll get that response. And as I said, on social media, you've got Instagram and you know, you can put things out there and get an immediate feedback from people. Yes. So as you have, I mean, you've been doing this for, as you say, over 20 years in branding and design, you're doing more branding and design now, but you've also, you've made bags and pictures and you, I mean, you're yeah. a really incredibly talented artist, but you've maintained this for a long time. How do you find the drive to keep going? Is that something that you felt challenged by at times? Well, I, there was one time when I did stop doing creative, uh, creative job just for two years. I decided to be a yoga teacher instead, because I, you know. But that wasn't really so much being fed up of the creative process. That was more sort of the corporate branding world that I was a bit over. But um, anyway, that only lasted for a couple of years, and then I decided oh, I'm a designer at heart, so I would just come back. But then I set up my own agency, working with little small little brands and that was just so felt a lot more more comfortable to me so so in answer to your question I think I've been able to change what I'm doing to suit my direction if you see what I mean so at first so yeah I wanted to go to London and work for the big brands and be part of that London thing and get all my experience but then like I say I got fed up of the corporate side of it and I I, I had my own business and then I wanted to create create products and sell them so I launched a product range that of bags with illustrations and art pieces on so I think once you have these skills you can sort of tailor it to whatever you're you're doing you know now I've kind of veered into 
making over people's Instagram feeds and designing in that way and helping entrepreneurs. So it's kind of it's a really great life's work, really, because you can you can bend it to whatever needs you have at the time. Yeah, whatever needs you have and whatever direction you've evolved into or are evolving into. But again, it's listening to that voice, getting fed up of, you know, just working in a big agency and and all that stuff. But instead of just ignoring it and carrying on, I just thought I'm going to do something about it. You know, I'm going to go freelance or I'm going to set up my own agency. It's having courage and listening to that inner voice so that you can still do your creative work in a way that suits you and that gives you fulfillment and happiness. And I like the piece about having courage. I think creating takes a lot of courage because you're putting yourself into the world. Definitely. Yeah, because you're constantly putting yourself out there. I mean, you know, if you've designed something for a client, I still have that thing every time when I show them it. Um, Beforehand, I'm like, oh, God, I hope they like this, you know. And then, of course, they cry cry because they love it or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's something you still have that moment of doubt. And you're putting yourself, it's like a singer, you know, you're bearing your soul. You're showing a lot of yourself by putting yourself out there and you do have to have courage but it's a good you know thing a life lesson that you learn along the way art is obviously creating is obviously such a huge part of your life and you can go until nine in the evening and and then relax for the hour after that how do you (laughs) separate it how do you separate art out from the rest of your life you're also a mom and you have other things how do you separate your work I should say, from the rest of your life? I mean, I don't try to work when my kids are around. I just, you know, try to just be there for them. But then, you know, my daughter's got a project for school that she's got to do. And she's, she loves making animations, like she's really arty as well. And she, we had to ask the teacher today, is it okay if we do this project as an animation? The teacher's like, what? You can make animations? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's coming out in them as well that everything we do, every piece of schoolwork, we, we make it into an art project. Nice. You know, we see what can we make and we do all different things with it. So it kind of just goes into everything, I think, when you're that sort of person. It's like you're going for a walk. Yeah, but then you might see an amazing photo. And I take photos wherever I go as well. So I think it's kind of hard to separate out that creative person from your life. But yeah. work, I tend to just, yeah, try. I, I just have my block time. When I'm on block time, I'm working. When I'm not on block time, I'm not. But I don't stop being that creative person. That's me all the time. Right. And, and a, a piece of that is that always open to whatever might show up. So you said you take pictures wherever you go. Your daughter has homework and say, well, what about making it this way? So there's all this possibility. There's all this openness. To yeah. And, the it's, world. and it's learning to think laterally, isn't it? Could benefit. I mean, if you think any problem that you have in life can be solved, you know, I think being creative sort of helps you to be a problem solver in life in general. So if a problem comes up in my life, I don't panic. I just think, okay, and I just wait, and then I know that an answer will come, you know. But I think that's from from being in this creative flow a lot and just knowing that things progress. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I have two last questions for you. Yep. Uh, before I ask them, where can people see your art, see what you're making, learn more about your work as a as a designer and as an artist? Well, the best place to find me at the moment is probably on Instagram. It's catwalters underscore. So K-A-T-W-L-T-E-R-S underscore. And I have a website called pictureparlor.com, which has got my products and my bags. I've got loads of beautiful fine bone china mugs with all these gorgeous art pieces off. And all my things are um, 
they're all limited edition so there's only like you'd be only one of a few people in the world that has one so so yeah those two places great and your art I love your art so much one question that I wanted to ask you is for that person who is either struggling to make their art or share it put it out into the world what's a piece of advice that you have for them for taking that next step just try and listen to all the praise that you've had I'm sure someone has said it's good and you just try to ignore that what we talked about you know try to ignore that inner critic and just choose to you know if the inner critic's going round and round in your mind just decide you know I'm going to change the channel simple as that I'm just going to turn that one off I'm going to turn on the one that says I can do it and just you can do it you know I've got so many friends that I went to art college with that are now successful, they're creative directors or they're illustrators or, you know, I know so many people that make a living from doing a creative job and there's absolutely no reason you can't do that too. Yes, that's great. So turn the channel, just turn it. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we think, oh, it has to be more complicated than that, but it really is that simple. I mean, yeah. I say it as much underscore the importance of it, but I'm also saying it for myself as a reminder, it really is that simple. Yeah, things don't have to be complicated. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask or that you feel is just an important thing to express around being an artist, being creative in the world today? I don't think so. I just think for me it's been it's just been such a joy, you know, I get to do what I love every day and it annoys me when I hear parents tell discouraging their children from doing a creative or following a creative passion in their life because I think totally possible to do it and if we're doing what we love then we're going to be happy and then we're going to be able to make a living doing that as well I love it that's a great place to end thank you so much Kat thanks Daphne